0: Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your award-winning weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible, make a playlist, and offer advice in a time of a global pandemic. I'm Matt Cato, pastor of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the Ghost Town
1: uh, campus that is the University of Colorado,
0: well Zach, not everyone knows this, but uh, while we were in seminary, we actually uh, took an intensive course. In pandemic response, we did. We were in. Uh, we were in Mexico at the mm-hmm. time of uh, the swine flu. Was that H one N one? Was that the like I official be- term? I, I believe
1: that is the official term. Though I do want to note a nuance here. Uh, sometimes, an important part of being a young adult is making mistakes and learning from those sure. mistakes. Right. Uh, So I want to be really clear. One of us was in Mexico at the time of swine flu, where it was particularly acute. Yeah. Uh, And another of us was not currently in Mexico, but decided that was the best time to go to Mexico.
0: Yeah. I remember the conversations like the week before where it was like, yeah, our parents really think it's not a good idea. And, And then The Daily Show had like stuff about it. I just I can't even remember all the details, but it was just it was a very strange time. And you came anyway. It came in anyway. They shut, they shut down all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then the last minute they opened the stadium. <laughs> I had completely forgotten like all the details of this, but fortunately, I wrote literally everything down
1: from <laughs> the whole year. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> and they actually would take your temperature when you walked into the stadium, and required us to wear those masks uh, while we cheered for the football team. So we, I, I
1: would have been looking forward to going to Mexico for ever there are certain things in life that once they become fixed as certainties in my mind, I cannot be dissuaded from the full pursuit of them. Uh, whether it's uh, communion polity or uh, travel plans I've made. Uh, and so going to Mexico was going to happen. We had been really looking forward to, I really wanted to go to a Mexican soccer league uh, match. And uh, when we first got there, they had all been can- or not canceled. They were closed to fans. I believe they kept playing the games, but there were no fans allowed. That's right. And so we went out to to where Matt and Chris were staying uh a super remote village where we broke the gringo record of every store we walked into. Uh, and it was incredible. And we got in the bus station. We took the Premier Plus Bus back to Guadalajara. That's right.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and in the, in the bus station, we picked up a newspaper because how else were we going to get information? And uh, right. they opened... The They opened the stadiums back up, and Matt's favorite team, Pumas, from Mexico City, was playing a playoff match against the third most popular <laughs> soccer team in Guadalajara. And I mean third most popular in the sense of, like, if the Clippers are a million light years away from being as popular as the Lakers, imagine that there was a Clippers for the Clippers. Uh, right. <laughs> And that was uh, The Techos, man Uh, And we'll post it Some of the best sports writing Of the past century Uh, It was Matt's (laughs) article On that day It was pretty good
0: I enjoyed reading it (laughs) It's really
1: good So the stadium was open They had to take your temperature It reeked of alcohol I remember And not booze Like antiseptic alcohol Because they had these Like 55-gallon drums (laughs) With pumps And those things were everywhere They are outside Like every restaurant and stuff Like (laughs) I guess that was quote unquote hand sanitizer. It burned, you know, when you put it on your hands uh, and you had to wear a face covering, but they'd run out of, I guess all the N95 mask.
0: Yeah. I bet it didn't protect us from anything. Like it was just,
1: <laughs> but they would give you one. I remember they would give you one, like when you walked into the stadium, but yeah. you could also bring your own which is mm-hmm. the choice. We opted for, and we saw, we wanted to support small business during the time of pandemic. right? And right. there are some small business people selling, uh, a swatch of polyester and a rubber band uh, that was branded for both teams. I'm sure it was officially licensed. I still got it here in my death. Uh, and it said, Tecos, you are my cure. Or alternatively, Pumas, you are my cure. Um, <laughs> and we got to see That's an exciting match. A brilliant
0: piece of marketing. Just
1: <laughs> I'm convinced, Matt, that I am still the world's largest gringo Tecos fan. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. I've done some follow up research on the Tecos. Uh, two years yeah. after we saw them play, they were bought by a mining company uh, and moved to Zacatecas. Uh, yeah, they went under <laughs> out there. Uh, even after that rebrand, they rebranded from Tecos, which is Al Estudiantes, uh, and then they got bought by Minerales de uh, de Zacatecas, and now they inherited the Zacatecas like development team has remained the Tecos and so they are mired in obscurity in the third division of Mexican football, which uh, is worse than Purgatory because there are like 36 teams in that division, and uh, they have the system of promotion and relegation. You can work your way up, but only one team out of the 36 gets to go up every year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they will not make it back, I don't think, in our lifetimes to uh, to the big show.
0: Well... You never know. They seem to perform well in a time of uh, extreme illness. So maybe this is their year
1: when the sun goes down, even if it's a <laughs> even if it's a, a blood moon rising, the owls come out. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. There's your moment of levity amidst a uh, global That's right. pandemic. How are things on the ground in Los Angeles? Matt, we're both in relatively hot spots for uh, coronavirus in the United States, uh, you yeah. more so than I these days.
0: Yeah, it's it's super weird. It seemed to shift uh, really fast. You know, we we're keeping up with it, monitoring it. We made some adjustments last Sunday, but we still had worship, you know. Um, and then this week, I have to like, yeah, we'll probably still have worship. We'll just we'll make a few more adjustments, but, you know. It'll be okay, um, and then very very quickly um, on Wednesday and Thursday you could really feel it start to shift. And Really Thursday afternoon I did a complete one eighty about whether we were going to hold worship, and then after I'd decided, oh, I decided I really think we need to cancel this. Um, then Bishop, my our Bishop in in Southwest California, and then jointly with the Pacifica Bishops sent out a a joint message landed with a thud in your inbox because it came from two bishops. Wow, now, one, two, double bishops. Oh, amazing. Um, recommending that churches in the Los Angeles County area uh, consider canceling their worship, and we are literally in the heart of Los Angeles, uh, this very very dense city. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then our our um, our church council, I, I called a an emergency church council meeting over Zoom, which I've never done before. Like I'm, I i do not think i you typically ever-
1: reserve that for when you're going to resign abruptly. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right, yeah uh did you
1: yeah. think about doing that
0: just because that's what normally happens in this meeting. then they read my sabbatical application and i had a field questions about that mm. but uh you know it was pretty amazing that like most of the council like figured out zoom pretty quick and we met and we had this 30-minute conversation in which we all mostly agreed like yeah we should we should probably do this here are the things we need to mitigate if we do cancel and uh It was good. It was uh it was a good conversation to have. Um and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have so much to do to make this actually work well. So even though it seems like on the surface, oh we're canceling a bunch of things, so maybe we won't have anything to do. In the short term, like it's actually much more work (laughs) to figure out all the things that need to happen and who needs to be contacted and all of that uh kind of stuff. Um So you're doing an
1: online thing this Sunday? Is that yeah, we're going to do canceled. a Zoom.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to we, we cancel in-person worship and we're going to offer a, a Zoom alternative. Um, you, you know, here kind of locally,
1: man, we're we're going to yeah. do something a little differently. Um, we've canceled public worship. We're going to do a Zoom worship. So I'm recording it on MP3 and you can get a Zoom yeah. player, the old Microsoft nice. MP3 player, really cheap.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, yeah. And so I'm going to I'm going to upload them. I guess it's not really upload. Uh, I'm gonna manually put the file onto all of the MP3s and then mail them physically to people so they can listen to them on their own Zooms.
0: That's smart. That's a really excellent idea, Bishop. Uh,
1: we it. and I talked cool. about uh, connecting through through uh, retro technologies. You know, like uh, people were reusing their phone trees. She said, you know, uh, we yeah. had some jokes about that. But but going back in in. And technology is a thing that this podcast is about. And so we're going back to Zoom. That's what we're doing.
0: Nice. Well done. Well done. Uh, yeah. Write a little write-up about that and see if it goes viral.
1: <laughs> I'm, I've am got all this time now, Matt, to kill uh, avoiding providing childcare. Uh, so I'm just going to throw a lot of things up at the internet wall and see if something sticks.
0: I mean, uh, you should. Uh, I would recommend if you do that, um, use the name... Uh, Tim Brown as your alias <laughs> because it will That's my pen name definitely get Brown. shared by LCC if you do that. Gosh, so they'd they love so, Tim Brown if they just a little piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you on the podcast, Tim. I promise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you
1: got more work to do, is what you're saying. You're gonna zoom this weekend.
0: Yeah, we're gonna zoom this weekend. And then um that was the other half of what we talked about as a as a, a leadership team is yeah, let's let's pull out the phone tree and make sure that we're connecting with people and really challenging not just myself but our our entire community like to stay connected Um, and can we challenge ourselves to stay even more connected in this time of physically being apart is there a way we could be even more connected than we would normally so i'm interested to see if some new uh creativity some new possibilities open up in the midst of this and yeah let's let's see what happens
1: yeah, one of the things that's a little different for us that I'm trying to figure out, and and folks who listened to the episode yesterday probably heard me talk about it, is that different from a congregation, it's not just that the life of our community has been kind of like suspended in person, but it's that it suddenly was like ended. Yeah. Uh, that for seniors, like that, that's a part of the life of our, the rhythm of our ministry is that the community really only exist as as a community for a year at a time and then it's disbanded and comes back together and suddenly not just are we not going to see each other for a couple weeks everything ended you know like the i think i am going to have much less work to do because there will be plenty to do i want to assure my board uh, and our supporters uh but it will be different for sure um yeah and so yeah. dealing with how we mourn the loss the ending of it we always did that anyway We always mourn the end of a community um, but more so how we do that now when we can't gather and when it happened so suddenly.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I mean, in the midst of all these universities uh, dispersing their students the way that affects your community. Yeah.
1: You know, it's human sacrifice.
0: Dogs and cats living together. Mass. Dogs and cats. area. Living together. Incredible. Maybe we'll go home and watch Ghostbusters while we're sequestered in our... Got nothing else to days. do
1: except do do podcasts. Uh, coming out at some point, I interviewed uh, one of our students who serves as a resident assistant in one of the dorm halls uh, here on campus about what their experience has been like. Because it's super weird and bizarre because it's not just that classes were not canceled. They were just moved online. Um, and so campus is still open. Dorms are open. cafeteria, The dining halls are open. All those sorts of things. She's still working. Um, and so super weird bizarre time so uh it's a good conversation some good insight from somebody on the the ground floor though i think she's on the second floor technically
0: well shall we talk about
1: these texts let's talk about the the, text? the good news strange man, time is that you got 41 verses of john to read but you're not gonna have to <laughs> even tell people to sit down uh you can take your time yeah. with it
0: they'll already be sitting down i i mean just by way of introduction uh to the text's uh, I thought your post on Facebook about the woman at the well was particularly apt, as usual, Zach. As I usual.
1: am a genius. That's what we're also learning during this. So, you know.
0: <laughs> um, and it's, uh, but you know, it is interesting to see the lens that uh, the current context places on the text, right? Um, yeah. You know, normally, like, we all use our own, like, individual context, and there's all kinds of different factors that can go into how we read the text. Uh, and then at a time like this, when we're all going through a... A similar thing, even if we're going through it in our own ways, like um, we all kind of bring that to the text. And uh, I'm curious to see how the, the text interacts with. Yeah, here's another,
1: like you of, know, worship of, idea. Uh, you know, Matt, like Matt said, he's got a lot more work to do now in the short term. Uh, and so maybe preaching is really hard for you. Uh, you can on our Patreon site uh, buy a sermon every week from the Vinyl preacher. So you don't have to do sure. that part of your prep at all because our contexts sure. are all the same now.
0: Sure. Zach will write that for you. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord. Let's see what, uh, the Lord has to say in first Samuel still Zach with year a greatest hits. I mean, it's just like all killer, no filler in year a John
1: remarkably, uh, prescient. Uh, it's as if he knew the pandemic was coming. (laughs) If he knew,
0: Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, first, yeah Samuel, a, okay. <clears throat> first Samuel, same as the second. Okay. First Samuel, same as the second. We also get this text when we get this text in the summer sometime when we go through the stories mm-hmm. of David Bowie. Um reading from first Samuel. This is the anointing of uh of David. David. And it's uh, it's so good. It's, you know, it's, it's just a great story with all it's these great dramatic story. moments and it, it builds up over time. Even if you know what's coming, like all the beats are there. Uh, it's like a familiar song. That you you know, Matt, people are here.
1: talking a lot about this coronavirus thing, but there's another uh, thing happening in our culture that's equally important. And that was the Bachelor finale, uh, which you can compare and contrast against this story because it's basically the same.
0: I guess I'm the only person that doesn't watch that show.
1: I don't actually watch Uh, it.
0: But the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, they looked at Eliab and said, uh, And thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. Mm. They look on the outward appearance. but The Lord looks on the hearts. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest. But he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. Oh, What what a looker. What a (laughs) a looker. (laughs) The Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Uh, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. Word of God, word of life. So it's good. I feel like we've talked about this before. The Lord does not mm-hmm. see as mortals see. But don't worry, because he was a looker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> doesn't see, see like he doesn't look upon simply the appearance. But it is worth noting that David was
0: hot. <laughs> I mean, it literally says that. It's, it's incredible. It's great. <laughs> oh. Oh. <clears throat> but what a line. The Lord does not see as mortals see. That's a good one. Matt, is that what it's
1: like? Is this is this what it's like when you have twins, like more than one child? You just like misplace all of them and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess they're not all out here. I'll have to. I mean, I'm sure I have some more sons somewhere.
0: It is true. My brother has three kids now. They're none of them are twins, so they have them at different times. I remember the first child. This was the first grandchild and all eyes were on this child at all times. Like for the first year of his life. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone was watching this child. Like we get we get together as a family. We would all just sit there and watch this baby roll around. Right. <laughs> like this is what we did. Uh huh. Now, by the third child, it's like, where's Penny? I think she's wandering in the kitchen like she's she's fine. She's just wandering around. We don't like <laughs> she's good. Like she's could, in the nice it closet. It's OK. By the third kid, I, I noticed it in my own family. It happens. It happens. I get it, Jesse. I get it. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, what does this have to say in a time of, of pandemic, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me either. I don't
0: know. <laughs> um, you might do something with we are challenged uh, to see in a different kind of way. Yeah. Doing things new.
1: Yeah, I think I'd lead into the Lord does not see as mortal see to tie into the, um, if you haven't read my Facebook post or the Vinyl Preacher's Facebook post, you should do that. That, that I think that is a key to understanding all of this. Yeah, I think, well, I'm going to go back to um, Nate Sutton, who was on the, the Corona uh, response pod as well, had a good observation that, that they had removed all the water from the baptismal font in their church uh, to prevent people from putting their fingers in it. I was actually at a re- Catholic retreat center earlier this week um, and uh, and they had, you know, they've got the little, like little, I don't know what's the word for them, like the little little bowls of holy water all over the place. Uh, and they were all empty and had little signs on them and stuff. Uh, and so Nate was like, "How do we preach on? How do we preach on on the woman at the well when there's no water in our fonts?" Because um, it, it, actually, at that point, he was he was planning on having worship, which is how crazy this is. I don't imagine that they're having worship now. Um, and so, so one of the the things that occurred to me is perhaps the woman's puzzlement with Jesus, all Jesus's talk about living water. Is equal is, is somehow similar to our, puzzle, our our puzzlement with the predicament in which we find ourselves to preach about living water when we have no water, and I think that's that's what kind of ties some of these texts together and and brings these texts into in is a way that these texts can help us see this moment is that that these texts that the Samuel text and even though the narrator goes out of their way to again reiterate David was beautiful just a good looking man. <laughs> Also interesting that he was slightly ginger, evidently, as Ruddy. And I guess in the ancient Near East, that was a mark of beauty uh, instead of a, a racial <laughs> slur for Irish people. But that it is about a different way of seeing uh, and a way that, that is mysterious, that is accessible, but not understandable. Uh, this other way of of being and seeing, because that's the challenge I think the church finds itself in right now. Again, we talked about it a lot in the Corona response pod that, that we're caught up in this Desire to protect the vulnerable, um, to promote health, uh, but that is intention with our our typical reaction to crisis, which is to gather people. So, how does the church respond to crisis here when we can't gather? Is the same sort of uh, life that First Samuel is inviting us down. Um, God's calling the one that you can't see um, in the lineup on The Bachelor. Uh, that God does not see the way that we do and so it's this I think we're especially as we think about this would be the second week of most folks have you all announced or decided that you're not going to have worship on this Sunday either? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This will be the second week of that. Um, So the second week of kind of walking into this mystery of trying to figure out how it is that God sees. Yeah. That's what I got.
0: Yeah. Well from there a gospel story also about sight.
1: That's right. So just sit down. We only have 45 minutes to read this story. Uh, So we're in John nine and it's got some allusions to one of my favorite Bible stories, which is the Bartimaeus story. Uh, You got Jesus doing what Jesus does. Jesus was walking down the road just the other day and uh, he saw a man blind from birth Uh, and allusions here to our situation are much clearer. Uh, The disciples ask, who sinned that this man or his parents, uh, that he was born blind? So it's got this theodicy question, why do bad things happen? So if you're looking for an entry to the text when bad things are happening on a global scale, uh, in a very particular way that's uh, really clear, here you go. Jesus and the disciples ask Jesus this question pretty directly. Uh, But Jesus gives a strange answer that is not satisfactory for a pastor if you someone comes in and asks you why bad things happen i don't know if the best pastoral response is well uh bad things happen so that god's works might be revealed
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) um but then jesus i mean it's the i think john is great and and john is going to speak to this situation really well but sometimes when you when you get to the Uh, nuts and bolts of John and you break it down into little bitty pieces it gets a little overwhelming and this is one of those places Uh, Jesus does say it so that God's work might be revealed in him but then he gets into this thing about uh, light and dark Uh, it's day but night is coming when no one can work and as long as I am in the world here's the important part I am the light of the world and then Jesus practices poor public health Uh, he spits on the ground (laughs) made mud with the saliva Spread the mud on the man's eyes and said, go wash in the in the communal pool, a Siloam, which means scent. Uh, wash for at least 20 seconds. For at least 20 seconds. You have to recite the, the genealogy of Jesus because that takes exactly 20 seconds if you know it well. And so he does and he comes back and he's able to see. And then we have uh, a lot of back and forth between Jesus and the prophets and the man and the uh, the Pharisees, excuse me, the religious officials um, and the crowds. And they're going back and forth. The crowds won't believe him. Um, and I'm going to jump down through all of that to the end of it, where Jesus says, I came into the world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind. And some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. So, yeah, there's a lot there. But here's the part that I'm going to lift up for you here, dear preacher. Um, If you listen to the podcast much at all, you've heard me say this before. But in the ancient Near East, their understanding of how our optic nerves work uh, were very different from our understanding of how optic nerves work. In particular, folks thought that your eyes weren't passive things but they were active things that to see we know now that your eyes receive light waves they come in uh and that's how you see things right so when you can't see at night when you turn the lights off uh you can't see because there's not light going into your eyes they thought that that the seeing was light going out of our eyes and that basically we had like laser cat vision that was just a couple weeks ago right uh and so your ability to see was dependent on light to come out of your eyes and that they thought that light was somehow connected with your, like, heart so that when you were blind, there was something fundamentally wrong with you because you did not have light inside of you. You had darkness inside of you. It wasn't just the absence of light, but that you had darkness coming out of you. And so so I'm reminded now to loop back to 1 Samuel to hear that God does not see as mortals see within that context. and And I wonder if... You know Jesus came to that the blind may see that the blind see with Jesus. We say that all the time and and sometimes perhaps we get tripped up on the idea that well, if Jesus came and performed all these miracles, why doesn't Jesus come perform miracles now um or maybe we, we metaphor it away and say, you know, that like, like the Pharisees, you know, we just didn't understand. And so Jesus comes and helps people understand. But what if, what if this text is about really a completely different way of seeing and that what Jesus is saying is more a statement of fact, of the way things are, uh, 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 that maybe what Jesus is saying is that the blind can see um, and that they're—to go back to John, because we're in John, the light shines in the darkness— Great, uh, not that the light wipes away the darkness, but that the light is in the darkness. So that if you want to see this the way God sees, if you want to to know where to look to find the light of the world, you got to go uh, into the darkness, and you need to you need to see like the blind see.
0: I like that. The line: the light shines in the darkness to go further into the darkness. I mean, the place of use that language um that imagery the place of of darkness or difficulty or um is like the whole like second three quarters of the text one of the things that's so cr- amazing to me is that like the miracle happens like pretty quick it's like it happens by verse seven like he's able to see like that should be like the end of the story really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right like that's like if you were just telling like the thing that happened like that would be the end of the story but then it keeps going because now they have to process this whole thing and figure yeah. out what's happening. And there's this flood. It's like there's this flood of information and misinformation and agreement and disagreement. And that part, too, feels a bit like what we're swimming in right now, right, where there's just like this flood of information and half of it gets partisan and like what are we supposed to do? And just all of this kind of stuff that surrounds the actual like thing that is happening right it's all this like stuff happening around this the actual like act the actual moment but uh, none of that is new and maybe by wading into it we look for where the light is in the midst of that right in the midst of this time we try to look for that for where that light is right and it might not look the way that it has always looked the lord does not see as mortals see it may not look the way it looked three weeks ago um, but the light is still there uh, and you might have to, We use a different kind of sight to see it. In my notes, which are only from a couple days ago, but feels like a couple
1: different uh, societies ago, I had a note for uh, for interactive uh, liturgical participation, which may not be possible for you these days, uh, that you could do something fun. Uh, Maybe it's just a children's sermon or would have been just a children's sermon around mud or clay, uh, because that's what the the word is. Actually, it's made of clay. I did the word study on mud because I was like, how often do they talk about mud? Is Peppa Pig a big fan of the Bible or not? Uh, (laughs) You come to this podcast for excellent British pig accents, Um, but it's clay. Uh, So the same word that if you want to go back to Adam and Eve, that's what Adam and Eve are made out of. And if you want the other Mm. connection, Adam and Eve, if you recall, had a sight problem Yeah, or they didn't have a sight problem. And so to, to maybe that's a helpful way into trying to to imagine this new way of seeing is that what's interesting about that Adam and Eve story is that not that when they got kicked out or when they ate from the tree, ate the fruit of the tree, the apricot, uh, everything changed. Just their way of seeing changed. Uh, And it became a more problematic way of seeing. So this invitation to see as God sees is not necessarily to change everything, which I think could be helpful here because perhaps you're we are all feeling a bit powerless uh to change the situation in which we we live we're doing the things we can do but there's this is very clearly this is kind of like a funeral uh right in that it's inconvenient and a reminder that we're not in charge of everything but that that it is through seeing as god sees that we start to to see like the blind to see the living water like the woman at the well
0: yeah you can really trace this uh I think this is the first year I've really noticed how much you can trace that sight metaphor throughout these mm-hmm. year A texts um, from Adam and Eve, which we heard the first week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine yeah. uh, a movie that is problematic, it turns out, because it involves child murder, uh, but beloved, maybe you're going to watch it over the next uh, six weeks as we quarantine ourselves, is Hook, <laughs> right? Uh, so if you are looking for that image of or that's at least what occurs to me, is that meal, the the quote-unquote pretend meal and food fight they have. Uh-huh. So as you preach in an empty sanctuary, as you gather around an empty table, maybe it requires the eyes of uh, those sorts of eyes.
0: Rufio. Uh, Rufio. R.I.P. Rufio.
1: <laughs> Child murder. Never okay in a children's movie.
0: What are we listening to, Zach? What are we listening to this week?
1: Oh, Matt, we've got a lot of good options here for me for the old uh, first Samuel text Matt uh, I'm going back to uh, to the good stuff Uh, I'm going back to the summer of King David uh, because I'm doing uh, heroes of course Uh, because you know Samuel's out there looking for a hero turns out
0: King David Nice If you want to be in solidarity with uh, Europe at this time, there's a lovely German version of that song that plays at the end of um, Jojo Rabbit, check it out, David Bowie Helden it's heroes in German It's what fantastic, is it? it's great Helen? Helden? Helden, H-E-L-D-E-N, H-E-L-D-E-N. Excellent. It's the same song, it's just in German David Bowie sings it, it's great Classic
1: to fantastic. Uh, Matt, Soccer Mommy have a new album out, and I know you're a big Soccer Mommy fan. Um, and uh, they've got a, a track on the new album called Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes. So, if you're looking at eyes uh, and trying to figure out what your eyes say about you, it's a song that's lovely and it is about being alone, which is a situation that some of us. Uh, especially those of us without our own uh, flock of children, are going to be experiencing in the next few weeks. Michael Kiwanuka had a new album out in 2019 uh, and it's got a nice little track on there called uh, Light. He's so good. Did you know he's British? I didn't know he's British. So oh, good. We need a, a a Michael Kiwanuka, Leon Bridges collab. Is what we need this Yes. World. Yeah. Make it happen. That's right. What are you uh? What are you listening to this week, man?
0: Oh, the weekend is
1: back. <laughs> Did the you weekend, see him uh, on uh on Saturday Night <laughs> Live?
0: With the Sleeping on the Couch. Sleeping on the Couch is so good. I love a good Kept parody. Jumping so. to Sleeping on the Couch. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, their uh, r their and a... parodies are really on point lately. Mm-hmm. And he was good at it. He, he was, was good. so
1: good. I made a romantic dinner like lovers do. And I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs>
0: it's so good. <laughs> Wait, he's got a new track out it is called uh blinding lights mm. and as you can tell in just a few moments it's a cover of Aha's uh, take on me that's mm. uh that's really what it is no, it's not but uh it's, it sounds really close to it <laughs> but I like it they played at my gym while I'm working out really hard you still going uh, to the gym these days? But- I, I did go on wednesday i'm not sure i'm gonna they keep sending me emails going here's all the precautions we're taking i'm like i don't know, I care how many precautions you take like it's a sweaty room of people like i don't know i've
1: received an email about the coronavirus from every business i have ever patroned in the past 10 years
0: <laughs> mailchimp is like <laughs>
1: yes. just we are wiping steamy. down our
0: emails our etsy
1: shop has taken a number of precautions
0: <laughs> all right in this uh text that talks also besides the sight and blindness imagery also has a lot about being born from being born blind to um to being born and there's just a lot of that word born and i think that uh i mean you described a lot of uh the context for why that is but i think that's also an interesting thing that you can trace throughout Lent here um so here's a song from lana del rey born to die i
1: love lana del rey was she supposed to be at Coachella?
0: I don't know. Was she? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I don't remember anymore either. I'm curious if the uh, lineup will shift at all. And then, one more song from Ibeyi. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, but, but I've seen them at Coachella twice. they uh, They're phenomenal. And they have a song from the uh, Hamilton mixtape. It's called Rise Up, Wise Up, Eyes Up. Uh, mm. Here's the thing to do in this uh, season of pandemic. Good stuff. You got to love eBay. I
1: imagine that so much it feels like a memory, like a memory.
0: They're always good. Also, uh, fun fact this makes me think of lin Manuel Miranda, who is uh, starring on His Dark Materials on HBO. It's a very strange casting. Curious mm-hmm. what you think about it. Is it out? Hey, it's out. It's out. All right. It's good. Hey. One more uh, since you're stuck at home, Zach, one mm-hmm. more TV recommendation for you. Give me them wrecks. Have you watched Breeders on FX?
1: I've not. No. Breathers <laughs> or Breeders?
0: Breeders. It's Dears. about parenting. Oh,
1: that's my jam. I need
0: help. It's got it's got Martin Freeman. And it's 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 pretty good. All right. Yeah, I think you enjoy it. It's a very dark comedy about parenting.
1: Fantastic. That's my that is where I am at. Have you watched my rec, my TV rec? Because we're going to start getting TV recs, I think. Because what else is going to wrecks. I think it is. Welcome to Another edition of uh, TV Rex, your award winning podcast where we talk about what's on your TV, what shouldn't be on your TV, and what you should put on your TV. Matt, this week on uh, TV Rex, I'm recommending Hintified on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah? Have you seen it?
0: I've seen the posters. I haven't. I haven't it's pretty
1: them. good, it's pretty legit. Uh, you know, it's a story of a family-run taqueria in Boyle Heights uh, as the community is beginning gentrified and how they struggle and wrestle with what that means for them uh, as they attempt to, like, keep their business, to adapt to it, but also try to, like, have some integrity and not sell out. Uh, all of those complicated things. My favorite episode was the one where uh, there's a professional mariachi who's having a difficult time making it, in Boyle Heights now and uh it's actually a really good episode and kind of sad it's a one-off kind of like on a he's a side character and uh he finally decides they're going to have to do it they're going to have to go because he's they're living out of his van him and his son Uh they're going to have to go live with uh his wife's brother in Bakersfield and, <laughs> and it's he tells it to his son and it's the most devastating news his son has ever gotten and you loved it. It was like, yeah, and it was true. Uh, it was, I got it. And he was like, "How far away is that?" It's like two hours. And you're like, that's imp- that's too far away. And they got meth heads. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "There'll be a swimming pool." And I, I can't do anything about the meth heads, but <laughs> we'll lock our doors real hard every night. We'll be good about it.
0: <laughs> it's good stuff. fantastic. Mm. Well, Zach, <coughs> oh, I'll oh, be a no. cough. we'll see if we can record next week. Uh, it's been, it's been real, real sanitized.